Hey, Jordan. Hey, how are you, girl? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing super, super well. (laughs) That's good. Thanks so much for joining me on the She Ventures Now podcast. I really appreciate you making the time. Oh, absolutely. I am ready to geek out and be vulnerable and all the good (laughs) stuff. So, (laughs) All right, good. We're excited here. This is exactly what I need because like you know, I am... I'm in total like startup phase. And the whole point of this podcast is to offer encouraging stories from other entrepreneurs who are already stable in their sort of entrepreneurial journey and to give sort of the the behind the music of, of your journey so other people can be encouraged. Let's segue. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so everyone knows who you are? Totally. So I'm Jordan Gill and I own a business operations firm, which you may not know what that is. And I will explain it in just a little bit. Um, but essentially it's maximizing the efficiency of your technology and your teams. So making sure that you are not wasting time, that you're not wasting energy and ultimately you're saving money because you as the business owner aren't having to do all the things all the time. So I definitely am looking to find ways to get stuff off your plate as a client, my plate as a business owner, uh, and really have you stay in your zone of genius. Like, what is it that you feel the most powerful in, the most passionate in? Let's keep you there and get the rest of the things either automated, delegated, something. (laughs) See, I love that because I feel like a lot of the, um, the apprehension and the fear in even taking a jump into starting a business is overwhelm, right? Like not understanding how to get things done the day to day and feeling a little bit lost, right? So why don't you do this? Why don't you give us a little bit more peek into how you came upon pursuing that as your main business model and operations? Totally. It, it was kind of like a background thing. It was like very much a whisper, like under the scenes sort yeah. of thing. Uh, because I was doing a lot of different things for different entrepreneurs. Um, I've pretty much been in the online marketing space for the majority of my career. I graduated about five years ago from university and um, I dabbled in sports marketing a little bit, uh, realized there's not a lot of money there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> if I could just be honest, Girl, uh, go. And then I actually started working for an online entrepreneur full time. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, W2 employee benefits, all of that stuff. Um, for this woman. And I started out in, as her head of content. So I was basically the songwriter to her Beyonce. Um, <laughs> and I helped her really um, elevate her courses, her programs, stuff like that for her clients. And then from there, she recognized like, you're really organized and you process things. And there's just always a method to your madness. What else can we have you process? So then I kind of went into this uh, COO type role where I was going through kind of the different areas of her business and putting yeah. a process together. And then I'm hiring somebody to come in and maintain that process. So right. literally just went through different, different arenas 
And I landed um, in the editorial area, which was she wanted weekly blog content to go out. And we had a copywriter, a graphic designer, and a website developer. And I was having to make sure that everybody had their stuff in on time and everything was completed every single week, which was, that's pretty tight deadlines when you're dealing with a team of three people, four including myself. And right. so making sure that that stuff happened and no one was yeah. behind and, and all that stuff. Real quick, just pause for a second, because I think there's so <laughs> much there. But something that really piqued my interest in just hearing your story is, yeah. did you self-describe or did you know your zone of genius before your boss said, okay, wait, you got like a system going on here? Like before you worked for that person, were you aware that this was your strength? No. Really? No. No. <laughs> That's so you know, interesting. I, it is really interesting. And and I I try to be a very self-aware person. I would describe myself that way. And but because it was so habitual to me, yeah. I couldn't see it. Yes. Because I just automatically process everything around me. And she was not right. Rec- like, are you are you like that way at home? Like the way you cook, the way you clean? Yes. Like, oh, wow. Total, like I sometimes I'll bring um my tea selection um, over to show people on podcasts because it's like beautiful, like there's colors and it's like, wow. <laughs> so it's, it's that's cool. OCD, but it also, <laughs> um, I, I still would like to say it's functioning. It's not to the point where people come to my house and like, I can't hang out here. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah. So it is. And so she kind of, saw that. And even though I had done process work for other people before, again, it just didn't, I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, doing, getting people on your podcast. And how I did that was in a process. Um, and, but again, didn't, didn't click. And how do you get people on people's podcasts? Cause, uh, (laughs) like, what's the the (laughs) genius? I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, so I really just was kind of doing how I do my life and she recognized how powerful that was and went through the different um, areas. She had a, a community membership at the time. She had um, customer support stuff. She had, oh, where else have I been in that, in that business? Pretty much every time it was about a three to six month process to fully like get it going and get somebody to come in and, and maintain it. Yeah. And what's great about that is it allows you for your hiring to open open your hiring opportunities because yeah. not everybody is a process creator. And a lot of times people uh, assume like if I'm hiring somebody, they're going to create the process. It's like, they're going to do this. VAs generally speaking are not process people. And so definitely if you're getting into this whole thing, business, everything, your first hire most likely is not going to be a process person. Okay. So, so be very aware of that expectation. Wow. Wow. So how would you, how do you self-describe again? Like, are you a process project manager? Are you a, you know what I mean? Like, what are you? Uh, I now say operations consultants. Okay. Um, I've tested out a lot of different things and that one seems to have the most understanding of folks. Okay. Operations consultants. All right. I like that. And why don't you go ahead and describe what phase of business are you like? What phase of your business are you in? 
Are you in year one? Are you in year three? I am six days away from year one business anniversary full time, um, which is crazy because I actually didn't have any time prior to full time in this business. Um, So it was like, (laughs) yeah, I uh, moved on from this online entrepreneur. I gave her six weeks notice. Um, She was wanting me to stay in the editorial director role. Yeah. And I'm not a stayer. (laughs) Like I liked, uh, I'm a variety person. I like change. Mm -hmm. I like trying new things. And so when, yeah. Me too. When she was like, hey, I want you to stay in this. I was like, like, I love you. I love working for you. Like all the things. Yeah. But I don't want to stay in this position. So I gave her six weeks notice. I had six weeks to get my ish together for real. Yeah. And, um, figure it out. Um, yeah. Cause their money was going to be running out. Wait. So, qu- so quick, quick, just for people to understand. Cause again, a lot of people are not where you are. Right. Cause the right. people who are the audience members of She Ventures now kind of are thinking about making a big change, making that leap. But how did you know it wasn't, again, for for sure, we don't want to bash our previous employers are great to us. But how did you know on the inside, like, this isn't for me, this isn't what I want, you know? Yeah, it's funny, because um, I'm a believer. So for me, um, you know, I just was, I'm very in tune um, with just where God wants me to be. And yeah. you know, I just try to follow him because I'm like, listen, I don't know anything. Um, so yeah, I get it. When, yeah. So like when she said that she wanted me to stay, it was like, like boom, <laughs> it just was like, no. Yeah. And it, and after, after it kind of had happened, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> maybe I wasn't ready oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. I don't know what I just did. Right. But it was, it was just me being very in tune with, um, yeah, myself and how I work, but also just trusting in God and being like, all right, well, let's yeah. Running. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Cause I feel like even as a Christian myself, I feel like it's this mixture of prayer and intuition. I want to call yeah. it fruition. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yes. You just know, like, this isn't me right now. You know what I mean? Right. And you may not even know, like, where exactly you, you fit or where exactly you want to be. But you're like, this can't not not right now, you know. But anyways, I don't want to cover. I, I want you to talk about your story. So go ahead. Keep going. No, I totally. Yes. Totally. Totally get it. So it was just an instant no. Um, and so I followed it. And those tend to be the best time because when you overthink things. It just gets crazy. Yeah. At least that's how it is for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to stick to it and commit to the no and just be like, all right, this is where I'm going. And within those six weeks, I had made a lot of friendships, relationships while I was working for, my, uh, for the online entrepreneur. Yeah. And I just basically told them that I put in my six weeks and they were like, great, I have clients for you. What? Which again, I was like, I don't, I literally didn't even tell you what I'm doing yet. And they're like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I have clients for you. What? Oh my gosh. It's a super crazy, crazy story. And so by the time the six weeks was up, I didn't have a website. Um, and I basically came up with a terrible name. Uh, it was personalized procedures. 
Um, <laughs> it was just like, this uh-huh. is just what it's going to be because I got to get an LLC in. Like, it's time. I don't have yeah. to, to deal with it. So, and by the end of it, I had three monthly retainer clients that more than tripled my salary and a project-based client. Wow. Like, I get chicken bumps when I talk about it because... Wow. It, it just is so unreal and unimaginable still. I, I sometimes forget that that's how this all started. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. It's, it's that's... when you follow, like, when you truly follow your gut reaction or, you know, whatever it is, like, things are going to be okay. Yeah. And you may not know how, you may not know why. You. I went through a whole thing of not feeling like I deserved it. Yeah. I, I really yeah. struggled with that. Yeah. Um, and wait, so pause. Why did you feel like you didn't deserve it? Cause I think a lot of us are right there. Like we want more, we want better, but I'm, even as you said that, I interpret that as we feel like we haven't achieved enough to be able to say, this is who I am and what I do. And you will pay me to do what I want and I'm going to serve you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Right. It it is. I am a very hard worker. I work for everything. Yeah. And so for me to just have these clients come about with no web, like no typical way of, of how businesses run in the online world, people are like, you have to have a website. You have to have so a followers on Instagram, like all of these things. You have to have the most beautiful photos. And none of that was in place. Yeah. And so it was hard because I was like, I don't understand. I haven't worked for this. Like wow. it can't be this easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I really struggled with just being okay and being grateful and yeah. graciously receiving. I'm, I'm terrible still at receiving. I'm working on it, but just receiving the opportunities and being like, it doesn't matter how or why these things are coming to me. Yeah. I just need to be grateful and accept them and move forward. Yeah. That's it's so hard. cool. I feel like that <laughs> is so, so like we could just coast yeah. on that for like the rest of the interview girl, but I love that. I love that. That's your story. I didn't know that. I didn't know you before yeah. this podcast. So that's so cool. All right. So I feel like we covered some really great um, topics so far in your journey. Um, what I want you to do is, if you could expose so far in your journey, your best failure moments, right? As a business entrepreneur, because I think, I think what's helpful, what I would like to offer in, in my podcast about entrepreneurship or career change or lifestyle redesign is to give women, millennial women, more of a, or less of a rose colored glasses or grass is greener on the other side mentality. Cause I feel like we really do need to grow up and realize like stuff comes with hard times and like don't think yet receive but know that you still got to do some you got to go through some stuff right so can you help us out tell us some of your best failure moments yes so yeah business started out really great uh and then you know just stuff happens um throughout that journey and probably one of the things um that i started to realize and again, this is even still kind of hard for me to admit because it makes me sound, I, maybe I still haven't figured out the word that it makes me sound like, but maybe it'll come to me once I discuss it. Sure. So um, I started out with a lot of monthly retainers and it was great because I like consistency. Um, I like knowing how much is coming into the bank every single month. And um, 
but my energy was really low. Like I just, I didn't have enough energy to keep up with the demands of what that entails. And I didn't know why I was kind of like, what are you, like, I'm a hard worker. Like I focus like literally my strengths, my, I'm a huge strength finder person. My strengths are focus, discipline, responsibility, futuristic, and maximizer. Like I am a powerhouse. Why do I have no energy? Yeah. Girl. <laughs> um, and so I started to kind of realize I don't want to work with people long-term. Uh, I want to work with people in intensives and VIP days. Yeah. And why that's scary um, is because I like it makes me sound like I'm not invested in people's businesses. And that is like so far from the truth. Uh, but for my energy sake, again, focus is my number one strength. So if I have a client, these monthly retainers were going for like just on and on and on. And I'm holding my focus energy for them, regardless of if I'm working on their stuff or not, I'm holding the focused energy. Yeah. And so I got really, really exhausted. Um, and I got to the point where I literally started to let go of all my monthly retainer clients, which I don't advise for anybody to do. Um, and one of them um, was a really, really great client. And we had um, a heart to heart meeting. I'd been with him for since a long time. And he was like, you know, your work is kind of slacking. And here's the thing, like, I don't slack with work. Um, but he was like, I don't feel like you have the energy that you used to have. I don't feel like you're hitting the metrics like you used to. I don't feel like all of these things. And that's really hard to hear for me. Yeah. I gosh, dis- disappointing people is like just the ultimate like failure. To yeah. Like, yeah. I hate Whew. disappointing people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so it was really hard to have that heart to heart, even though deep down I knew it was true. Yeah. Deep down, I mean, I knew that I wasn't performing at the, at what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So it was really hard to hear. We parted ways. We actually are still really great. For, again, all of my clients, like, I'm still close with cordial. Um, yeah. And whatever else, regardless of if we parted ways or not. And he's, you know, he's always like, I'm still a huge Jordan fan. Like I'm still a huge Jordan fan, which is kind of crazy. Um, but that was a really hard failure moment. Because yeah. You never want to hear that someone's disappointed in the work that you're providing them. Right. It's hard to hear even uh, when, even when we know it's such a weird it's so sad. And I say this is all grace in general. It's such a weird hypocrisy. It's like, we don't want to hear it, but I know that I'm not being my best at this. Right? Yep. <laughs> it's so yep. hard. How did that catapult you to where you're at now? Like, so now have you like changed your business to be, to sort of like fit who you really are and to put your, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so I literally only do intensives and VIP weekends. That is wow. it. Mm-hmm. That is the only way you can work with me. I'm not doing any long term at all. And what that kind of looks like is um the intensives are like four hours and I I'm in it and usually we're talking about one to two processes and we actually get them done on the call. Um, and it's very deep dive. I work very quickly. I'm a very intense person. If you can't tell. And so I, and people are always walking away. Like I 
I'm going to be honest, I was very skeptical that we were going to be able to get this much done. Yeah. Um, but because I have frameworks, because I have templates, because I have all the things, it's like, let's go. Yeah. We ain't got time to do all this stuff. Um, and then with that, I actually then have a continuing client opportunity to where if they want to hop on just random calls, like once you have the intensive with me, you're pretty much just like in my little circle. And so you get like a very, very low, low rate for an hour call with me. And so if you want to, you know, check in every once in a while or whatever else, if you're like scheduling weekly calls, I'm going to be like, you're okay. Yeah. Um, but if there's check-ins and stuff like that, then they have a very, very low rate because I love them and they're my clients. So um, that's pretty much what that looks like. And then VIP weekends are just an extended two version of that version of that okay. um, here in Dallas. So, which it's, it's, it's a strange way of working <laughs> because people are like, what do you mean you don't do like monthly calls with people? Or what do you mean you don't do retainers? Yeah. That sort of stuff. Because people who are in operations, that's generally what you're What buying. is going on. So that's re- definitely disrupting yeah. this industry. And I think that what's interesting is I think that, and I'm sure you've found other like-minded operations consulting type mm-hmm. yeah. coaches you know, that are out there that possibly gave you framework to do it this way, maybe, or, or are you the first one? You know, no one is doing only intensives and VIP weekends. Um, okay. There are people who have a VIP day um, as one of their offerings, but they also have retainers. They also have courses, like really big program, like yeah. thousands of dollar courses. Um, but none of that is really my cup of tea. I'll do little mini trainings. And then my VIP intensives. Okay. So what I was going to say is I think that what's cool about what you've done is you are a great example of the creativity and the autonomy of owning your own business, owning your own work ethic, and then being like, okay, customers, I'm not going to fit into your mold of what you need. I'm going to educate you on what you need and you're going to fit into what, how I do it because you need me. So I love that because it shows... A big deal, a big reason why I love entrepreneurship is the autonomy. You don't need to fit into another mold of how you need to work. Like it's it's sometimes even funny. Like I think in the beginning stages of me working for myself, I almost started working exactly like I was at the jobs that I was at before. And it, it's so funny because you have to like be like, why are you doing this? And it's like trained dog mentality. Like I always, I always go back to this story of the dog that used to be trained. It's just a, it's just a, a generic story about the dog, a dog that used to uh, be tied to a tree. His owner used to tie him to the tree in front of the house so much so that the, the, the length of the leash would only allow him to run around the perimeter of the tree. And even when the owner took the leash off, the dog never left the perimeter of the tree because he trained himself to just be next to the tree. So I feel like sometimes the first couple of years with entrepreneurship, you feel like you have to do the same thing. You don't. And I love that you're an example of not doing the same, not working the same way as like, you know, corporate America. So that's really cool. Heads up. Yeah, like It is. It's, I mean, it's, not for everyone. <laughs> I'm not it isn't. Do intensives. Yeah. But I think for me anyway, it just really came down to energy. Yeah. And not like woo-woo energy, like actual, like I'm tired right now. Yeah. Um, energy. So it's like, 
how do you best work? Some people love to just have short, tiny, like one hour bursts with their clients, like monthly. And that's cool. Do it that way. Um, but also allow yourself to play like you kind of discussed and be creative with how you do work with your clients. And don't just say, oh, all coaches have to do it like this or all whoever's have to do it like this. It's yeah. like you can mix and match however you want and play. Yeah. So I love it. I'm play. I love it. And I love that that was a that was your best failure moment and it gave you feedback like mm-hmm. failure is feedback for yourself. That's cool. Yeah. So, Jordan. If you can allow some space, can you discuss, um, I guess, other aha moments along the way, right? Like just random things, anything really, but especially as how you, you're intense on like your thing is process. What are some aha moments within that or just aha moments within entrepreneurship, paying yourself, whatever, like. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so I actually, um, how I pay myself is kind of cool. Some people find it really interesting. I did a whole like big long training about a bunch of different things. And there was like a two minute thing about uh, my, how I pay myself. And everyone's like, well, wait, what, what is this over here? I'm like, I literally just gave you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually follow the profit first method. Are you familiar with that? I am familiar with it. I haven't done a deep dive in it, but I think I get it, but go ahead. Yeah. So it makes it really easy because again, guys, I, I'm not lazy. I like to be efficient with my time. So I basically, I pay myself 10th and 25th of every month. So today was payday, which is really exciting. And, um, every, both of those days, I basically look at my finances and I have five accounts, Mm -hmm. um, at my business, uh, bank place bank. Um, so one of them is income. That's where all of my money goes. Like where, if it's going from PayPal, Stripe, QuickBooks, yeah. wherever it's coming from, it's all coming into income. And then I basically allocate to the four other accounts based on percentages. Yeah. So the first one that's easy and that basically everybody's going to have the same thing as taxes is 30%. Yeah. Like automatically 30% of what comes in here is going into my taxes account. Yeah. And then, um, the three other accounts you can kind of play with, um, I make 40% of whatever comes into this account. Like I write a check to myself of whatever 40% is. Yeah. Um, then, uh, operating expenses is about 25%. Yeah. These are my percentages. You can play with them and see if they work for you. Yeah. You know, higher or lower. 25% 25% is operating expenses, which means paying my team, software, all the things. Yeah. Um, and then profit is 5%. So that means I can say that I have a profitable business. Um, and I like it. It's also just for like, say, you know, uh, something comes up and you're like, oh, like I really want to do this mastermind, but I'm looking at my operating expense account and like, it's the 25% because that's literally 25% going out. Well, this profit account is kind of flex money. So understood for you to just also just spend all of it, but it also is just slowly adding stuff to when you have a bigger expense and you can check back and be like, Oh, like, yes, like I have that over here. And that's what that's for. Um, so that's the method that I use. There's a lot of other intricacies, but I, again, I just keep it really simple with this (laughs) and it just, I like consistency again. So I know that I make 40% of whatever's coming in and that makes me feel good. And it's not 
like some months are low, some months are high and it's just 40% of what it is. Yeah. And that way it just keeps it stable in my mind. Um, I like again, that. I, I pretty much, I think I just use the percentages he talks about in the book and those have been pretty consistent for me. Yeah. Um, pretty soon I'm going to have to probably decrease owner's pay and move it into own, uh, into operating expenses for my team. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like really simple. It sounds like a lot because it's like, that's a lot of accounts, Jordan, mm-hmm. but every month I just calculate, okay, 40%, 30%, 25%, and 5%. Yeah. And then I'd literally just move the money over Yeah, and I never have to worry about my accounts like running over or, uh, what is it called? Draft overdraft defaulting, drafting, yeah. whatever it is. Um, because it's just, it's always going and moving in there. Um, and that's been really helpful for me. I'm not a finance person. I like money, but I'm not a finance person. So <laughs> no. And some people aren't either like some people that are interested in entrepreneurship, but you kind of have to wear this CFO hat now when you yeah. are in charge of your own endeavor and venture. So I appreciate you sharing that, especially what's it called? The profitability method. The profit first. Profit first method. Um, is it? I did have the book done. Michael, Michael, who is it by? Michael Michalowicz. Okay. That's okay. I remember that name from something else. <laughs> so. Creative Live or who's on Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. That's where I feel like yeah. I've heard of him for. And The Pumpkin Plan, which also is another really great book oh, that wow. I'm obsessed with. Yeah. It's all about pruning, which is like uh, my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, I like to get rid of stuff. Like there sometimes comes to a point where I can't necessarily get rid of, I could technically get rid of more things, but I'm at a point where I feel like I can't, I literally will watch quarters like the show just so that you can just to see things get moved like out and cleared out. It just like, I love to. Yeah. I'm Um, still people talk about adding so much in your business, like add this software, add this person, add this stuff. And I'm like, Get the clutter. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I like that. Are there any other aha moments that were big for you, especially in your first year? One of the big ahas, I think, is um, I didn't think I needed a coach. um, Oh, wow. And um, I didn't have a coach for the first six months of my business. And while that was okay, again, it was during a monthly retainer time. Um, once I got the itch of, okay, this isn't working for me. Um, and I need to do things differently. Then that's when I started to kind of be like, okay, maybe I need somebody to help me with this turn that's happening, the shift that's happening. And I actually met the coach that I have now uh, a couple months prior to that uh, at another event. She spoke. She, I really liked her, got on our email list and just started following her for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was like a three month process between knowing her and feeling very, very confident about hiring her. That's good. Um, and so I think it's like, it's hard because it's like, Oh, like that sales cycle is really long for her, but just be very aware when you're dealing with coaches. So I also then decided to hire another coach really quickly for something. And that was not, a that was not good. I had not done due diligence in my um, research yeah. and that's okay. But, um, yeah, you gotta be really careful. focus on what you need. Like what are, what it, because for me, the coach that I have is she's a sales coach. And so I was like, I'm really comfortable and confident selling monthly retainers. I can sell monthly retainers all day, every day. 
this whole new thing. I don't know how to sell that. That feels different to me. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So again, she had a, a sales focus. And so that's what I needed. Yeah. She also, I liked the, I was able to see her mentees and her mentees are very, very seen and like have a lot of stuff going on. So I was like, okay, I want to be part of those ambitious women because I'm ambitious. That's cool. And I know that that network is the kind of network I want to be in. Right. So I didn't even have a one-on-one relationship with my sales coach in that sense. Like I'm part of a mastermind program where there's seven of us. So I I wanted to make sure that also the people around me aren't going to bring me down, aren't going to slow me down. Like, we're all moving fast. Like, let's go. Right. Um, so definitely look at who the coach is. Yeah. But also there's testimonies the are. Because yeah. That, yeah. That's been a very great, just kind of aha moment of like, okay, like I, I took the time to, to know that this was the right person and I haven't looked back since. And I'm super glad that I made, made that decision. So aha moment of when you start to make transitions or shifts, um, that's probably when you need to get a coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think again, it's one of those things that you just kind of know, like people don't get a coach because everybody says get a coach, like get a coach when you really feel like, okay, I need somebody in my corner. I need somebody in my team. Yeah. That's going to help move me through this particular transformation shift. Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's, I, I actually got started in the career coaching space um, because I was wanting to make a career change. And I picked up this book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Changed my life. Still love the book to this day um, because of the principles in that book. And the author is sort of like like a virtual mentor and grandfather to me because of yeah. he comes from a Christian perspective, but he also gives really strong and well-backed critique at like how sometimes people have very Christianese myths about work that just yeah. don't work. Like you, right. you, you just, you didn't think it through and you just have this Christian thing that you think of. But yeah. one of the things I noticed though, is getting involved in the career coaching spaces. Coaching still isn't wild, like widely known or, yeah. um, sought after by people who are going through transitions. And it's funny because intuitively we know we need help when we're struggling, but we don't know that, Hey, like there are people who their primary gifting is to help you transition from a to B where you want to go. And they're out there and you might not trust the salesy side, like the sales part of it, but you need help. And it's, it's a struggle because when you do get a coach and maybe it didn't work out, then you're like, eh, it's, you're like, I don't think I trust this whole coaching thing. But when you actually do get a coach and it works, you're like, I wish I would have gotten that sooner. (laughs) So that's, that's, um, that's really interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. I know. I actually got a career coach after college. That was my graduation gift. Um, Oh, wow. I was very aware of coaching just very early on. I mean, my dad's a football coach, so I guess like I just always have seen coaching around. Yeah. And so I was like, well, who's the coach for this thing? Cause whatever. But, um, and it was very, very helpful. Um, really for coaching space and, and stuff like that. So, um, it was interesting cause she like, 
she literally was a uh, headhunter for like Sony and like all of these other bigger companies, like yeah. CEOs and stuff. Little me just like coming in. I just want an entry level job. Um, but I'm like, I want the coach who's like working with these people. Yeah. To work with me. Cause I'm at that time, I'm trying to get to C-suite. Mm-hmm. And so also looking at like, where is your, like, where are the people your coach is coaching at? Yeah. That's a huge, huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and while not everybody needs to be like raw, raw speaking on stage and books and you know, their name, Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know the names of these people that were in the mastermind, but I was able to look around and see the the ecosystems that they had created for themselves. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah. Like that's, that's the business. That's interesting. I think you're giving a lot more than I thought you were. This is so cool. It's so cool. No, it's true because the testimonials really speak to the validity of these coaches. So that's really cool. I feel like there's sometimes where I think the critique in the coaching industry is who has more than just an idea and are, because I think the people can come up with product and service packages that they think are going to help people. But it's like, are those people saying that you are great or are you just putting together ideas and packages that are untested? You know what I mean? And do you have standards behind what you do? Because I have experienced, you know, I think, I think to, to a degree, we all are going to get burnt in this whole thing called entrepreneurship and coaching and whatnot. Uh, But like who has standards behind what they do and are doing it well? who has good customer service, who has, whose stuff is working, you know? So yeah. anyways, I feel like I beat a dead horse there, but you know, no, it's no, I totally get it. Um, in a couple of days, I'm going to be speaking about leveraging business breakdowns because there's basically one thing you can guarantee in entrepreneurship. There's a couple of things, but one of them is there's going to be breakdowns, whether it's technology, whether it's your team or whether you're just having a total breakdown, which yeah. I've had all three. So <laughs> Um, (laughs) like it, it is what it is like, and it's like, okay, well, when those things are happening, like, Mm -hmm. how are you handling yourself and who are you reaching out to and support? Who do you have for support? Yeah. Cause that, that's so, so huge. I've got biz besties up the wazoo. Mm -hmm. I've got whatever my coach, my mastermind, I've got my parents are very supportive, like, it takes a village, y'all. It does. And I, I love that you said the word ecosystem. Like you can't yes. just launch and not think you're not going to need support. You know, I, the way I kind of, the analogy that I use about a, starting a business is giving birth and yes. like there's stages to your business plan, like conception and then sort of nurturing that business idea. And then you launch it, it's a baby and it needs support. It needs massive support to get to where yeah. you're going. So when people tell me like they don't need a coach or they don't want to hire a consultant, it's like, be careful because you're not going to be able to do it all by yourself. You're going to frustrate yourself. You're going to burn out and then think, oh, well, I need to go get a job again. It's like, and that's not a failure, but you know, it's like, be mindful. So I love that you said that. Go ahead and tell us where you're speaking, girl, so we can all know. (laughs) Well, I'm going on this little speaking tour, which energy wise, I'm feeling a little bit um, freaked out about a little bit, but it's going to be good. So I'm speaking at, um, she's building her empire live, which is in Milwaukee. Uh Um, it's going to be like 40 degrees, which this chick doesn't play in 40 degree weather. I'm in Dallas for a reason. (laughs) 
Um, so it's going to be 40 degrees. And then actually directly right after that, I'm literally flying from there to DC. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking at creative CEOs live. Yeah. And that's with a great, great friend of mine, Mally Ritzik. We've had, um, mutual clients. And then, um, the next week I'm going to be in Miami, sipping pina colada by the pool ah. and speaking, um, uh, at Success Without Sacrifice, which is with uh, Stephanie Nicolich. So wow. and then after that, my coach has told me to sit down. Wow. So, um, <laughs> which I already knew that I needed to sit down. Um, so again, she just was validating what, what I was thinking. Yeah. And so literally then the rest of May, May 8th till about the 30th, I'm actually taking what I'm calling a success sabbatical. Because yeah, honestly... My first year of business, yes, it's had its ups and downs. Yes, there's been struggles and all of that. But generally speaking, I've had a really great first year of business. Mm-hmm. And like, I have not relished in that. And yeah. I haven't celebrated that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I got in the magazine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm speaking at these three places. Yeah, I've gotten on all these podcasts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've gotten these clients. Yeah, okay. Like, literally just like pushing it away almost and repelling it. And I need to get back and just be like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to do some yoga. I'm going to like chill out Mm -hmm. and just be excited about what I have accomplished and have the time and the energy and uh, just that around it. Because Mm -hmm. if you just keep speeding past it, like one, it's not sustainable because if you don't celebrate your success, then your mind just starts to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what mine was, where it's just like, I'm not getting the results I want, or I'm not seeing enough of what I want to do. What I, you've accomplished, you are doing the things that you're just wanting to do. So yeah. sit down. Yes. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard. Your mind will play tricks on you. Yeah. So you kind of have, um, I feel like you've answered one of the questions that I had tied up for you or uh, queued up for you, but I also feel like you're going into like a trigger concept for me. It's so big girl. I have to get on a soapbox. Like I'm going to build a soapbox in my office called the soapbox of emotional health. Right. Um, and it's funny because I just met Courtney Sanders, uh, last week. At her powerhouse in Miami. Miami. Yeah. Um, And it's so cool to see the parallels between how, like, there's this, there's this topic that I feel like God, Holy Spirit has been forming in me through experience and multiple burnouts in my twenties. And then hearing Courtney talk about some things, hearing Miley talk about some things. And now even hearing what you're saying, it's such a beautiful, like melting pot of, for me, um, a topic on emotional health, like emotionally healthy living. Um, I've been reading a book and I want to bring it out to show you really quickly. Oh, here it is. I love books. I've been reading a book called emotionally healthy spirituality for women, emotionally healthy woman. And I've been reading it. It's kind of been a concept that I've been meditating on for like the last two years. But um, honestly, I think it's such a big deal right now, especially as believers, but as women to really take time to take care of yourself. Like, and when I say take care of yourself, I'm not just talking outward beauty and I'm not just talking spirituality. Like, I feel like there's this meth, there's this, uh, it, I don't even mean to sound so wooey, but there's this mysticism of like 
when you take care of yourself and slow down and actually rest, you actually, I think you propel yourself more, you know, and it's weird because you feel, you almost feel like you're being lazy and you're not doing enough, but then it's one, if you're a believer, you know, you're honoring God and you're actually trusting him more with your success. So that's kind of where I'm at about it. But I say that because in this space of entrepreneurship, especially if you're a millennial, you cannot, t- you like, I, I tell you this because my, um, when I was be- realizing that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, Jordan, I was seeing so much of team no sleep and like, yeah. grind all day. Look at, look at me. Look at how hard I work. Yeah. I deserve this. I'm such an entrepreneur. Woo. You know, like literally like IG, yeah. Facebook, team, no sleep up late. I remember even writing Facebook posts. Like why am I at my job working late on my side project, my side hustle. And it's so cool to hear you say, I'm going to take a success sabbatical. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah, take it. And I'm fully embracing it. I am uh, going to be, I'm literally leaving Dallas because if I stay in Dallas, I know I will not actually take it. Yeah. Um, So I'm going back home. I haven't been back home. Where's home for you? Months. Uh, My parents live in Virginia. We moved multiple times throughout my childhood. So home is a weird concept, but (laughs) where my parents are is Virginia. Wow. I don't know anybody else. So no one's going to bother me to go do a work date. No one's going to bother me to go to the movies. Even no one's going to bother me. Yeah. So I'm literally just going to yoga. I've got a great therapist there and I'm legit going to just watch lifetime movies with my mother. That's so cool. Just like totally off the face of the earth. And, And what, I mean, obviously I have systems, so socially I may look like I'm still doing things. I have a social media intern who actually runs it. Um, and I have a lot of things that I've put in place to then still um, uh, nurture my audience and, and stuff like that. But me, Jordan, I'm not working. And my team knows that. They have protocols in oh place. God. I have six people on my team. I have protocols in place. Like Jordan isn't doing anything. And if you see something on my calendar... Chelsea knows she's like, Hey, <laughs> why are you talking to this person? That is so good. So it's also great to have a team that is supportive in, the, in that way. And they're not like, well, wait, how, what are we supposed to do? How, how can we do things without you? Like what's going on? Right. It's like, no, y'all are good. Y'all are all good. Everybody's going to take it low in May. And, um, and my salesperson even like book people in, in June, like Jordan is not, Jordan's booked in May, whatever you need to tell them. Yeah. Because it's not happening. Yeah. So that's good. It's very, very important. I am slightly jealous, Jordan. I'm not even going to lie. Cause I'm slightly, cause I'm also weird. Cause I'm, I'm believing in emotional health and I'm trying to live this thing out, but like, I mean, also I'm also in grad school. So there's that, like, I can't just take breaks from school. You know what I mean? These yeah. professors will laugh at your face. They, they will laugh in your face. And I can't be laughed at right now. So there's that. But no, girl, take that break. Go do it. Go do it. Yeah. Yeah. You've got so much wisdom. It's just part of my process. And it's okay. And I think it was, again, hard for me because I'm a work hard, determined, like, here we go. What's next? Yeah. And not in a team no sleep way, um, in the sense of, like, I love my, I sleep nine to 10 hours a week, a day, and I'm not ashamed. Um, that's awesome and but it is like 
it's almost, I have my team doing so many other things. The only things I do are podcast speaking, that sort of stuff. And then the actual intensives, like I don't do sales, I don't do social media. I don't do all that stuff. And so I'm in my zone of genius, but also just because I don't have anything else. I'm like single to the like nth degree. Yeah. I don't even have a plant to take care of. So like I, <laughs> I legitimately, I'm just, it's just me. And so I don't have anybody. I don't have a dog. I don't have a husband. I don't have a way to say, Hey, you need to take a break. Yes. You know? Yes. To get out. I have a, nobody's I, telling you that girl. So I have a counselor who one of the things she was saying in our session, she was like, I have such a heart for singles in the church. She was even speaking from a Christian standpoint because we don't have the buffer of a, of a, of a, of a partner to say, Hey, don't take that on or don't do that. Oh, don't, don't schedule that for next month. That's time for us or that's time for the family or that's time for us to do something different, switch it up, rest more. I completely vibe with what you're saying. We don't have someone who can give us constant feedback as to what's healthy and what's not. You know, so I completely agree and endorse your month off, girl, to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, you have to have the discipline to do that for yourself. And on a daily basis, I didn't. And yeah. I'm not saying I'm at burnout per se, but I'm just tired. And yeah. So and that's an indicator of something. Like when you're right. tired, you yes. take a break. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's like, I, you just hear so many stories of burnout that I'm like, I don't want to get there. I'm like here, burnout's like here. I, I, since I'm not, you know, there yet, I'm going to recognize it and yeah. I'm going to set back so that I don't even get close to that burnout point. I Girl. do not, I don't want to get there. I love it. It's so funny too, because yeah. um, I'm seeing another parallel between what you're saying and uh, this book I read earlier in the year called Essentialism, where this guy, I feel like you, you pretty much own this. I'm trying to get yeah. there, but you pretty much own this. Greg McEwen talks about yes, how like a type personalities, if you're a go-getter, if you're ambitious, um, the thing that you, we get turned on with challenges and wanting to do more, better, faster, but what we need to work on is doing less. And so I love that you're saying to yourself, I'm pumping the brakes hard and I'm putting everybody on alert. Like, yo, I'm t- this is part of my business plan. Rest, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. Exactly. So are you ready for rapid fire round right now? Like quick questions to get your thoughts um, and in a concise way. So rapid fire question number one is if business operate. Ooh, I might've changed these questions. (laughs) I just realized that. So bear with me, but they're pretty simple. If business operations and branding were in a boxing match, who do you think would win? Oh, this one's hard for me. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to err on the side of business operations and here's why. Um, branding is super great. And now I have a brand that I feel good about and comfortable, but the fact that I was able to get clients because they knew that they were going to get taken care of. And my client experience was off the chain. That's what got them coming back for more and getting, I was getting referrals. And so the fact that I had business operations, like giving my, my people client experience, branding is super great. And I, there, there's definitely a place for it. Um, 
I just feel like your clients want to know that they're taken care of. Yeah. And does branding take care of them? Nah. <laughs> it makes them feel good. With business operations. <laughs> pretty things. I like pretty things. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the reason for that question, because millennials can look at branding and be like, well, that's what I need to be too, is you've been given the task of writing the manual on entrepreneurship. Page one, according to Jordan says. Holy cannoli. Oh, gosh. Um, Page one is always listen to yourself first. And that is hard because obviously I have good advice. You have good advice. Everybody's got good advice. Um, but you know you the best. And so whether it's, you know, somebody else telling you to change your packages because they think it's the best or change your pricing because they think it's the best, always listen to yourself first. Whenever I have done that, it's taking me more places than anywhere else. Love it. I like it. Number three, Jordan, what would you say the cost of starting up a business has been for you? And I'm not talking monetary cost. What is the cost? Um, it, it definitely has cost a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been pretty intentional with that. But in entrepreneurship, then it is money because energy is both like mental energy, Mm -hmm. physical energy, like spiritual energy. All the energy is like, it's all hands on deck. Um, And so while I'm pretty good at setting boundaries around, okay, I need to go like go into the movies with a friend or stuff like that. I have said no to a lot of things, friendship wise, relationship wise, stuff like that because of my business. And so there are sacrifices that have to come, but, um, but the things most spent are definitely time and energy. Yeah. Money hundred percent. Appreciate that. Number four, rapid fire question. According to Jordan, great customer service is. Oh, yes. Is when experience exceeds the um, expectations. Wow. So I, I am a, customer experience junkie. Like if you take care of me, I am going to be Girl. Clean, pitching signs everywhere. I'm going to be calling my friends. Like yeah. I am a huge, huge advocate of, of client customer experience because when you go into something, your expectations are kind of like, okay, like this might be cool. And then they just like, plop, like just make it super amazing. There's, I mean, there's not really anything that can make you feel better as a client, even if it was experience than you thought or your expectations, just like even just a little bit were above, like most people are like, well, I can't, you know, people think of client experience where it's like, okay, well, I will send them a horse and give them a vacation in Hawaii and like all this stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Like that's all I'm talking about. It's like the little things, the details of letting them know that you care and that you support them in whatever way your business supports people. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the bar set really low guys. So wow, <laughs> that's so cool that you're saying this. Yeah, really? It really is. You think so? 
what space? Like in the consulting space or the coach space? All, what? All, this, all, the, all spaces. the spaces? That's so interesting. Yeah. That's interesting you say that. That should give some entrepreneurs some hope because customer service, yes. it's so big. But it's sad because you're right. I think in general, we expect poor customer service. We expect people just giving us what we need and not what we want. And then we forget that like those experiences, those poor experiences make us overlook like what's great. Like what's great customer yeah. experience, if that makes sense. Wow. 100%. I like it. Fifth rapid fire question for you. What's your personal ph- philosophy on sales? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am a huge service oriented person. Uh, I, I actually, that would make sense. And I studied leadership in college. Uh, my master's is in executive leadership and generally speaking, I'm always of service. I never just think what I can get out of something like, okay, great. You're paying me money. Like, I'm always thinking like, okay, what is it that I'm going to be serving you? Like some of my clients are like, I want to get out of my job by December. Great. Like I, I feel almost, I'm not just as I'm almost as invested in you getting out of your job as you are. Like I am yes. out over here. Yes. Like I so you. excited. And so when I have sales, it's not this fake, like, yeah, like you're going to get out of your job. It's like, girl trust like we're gonna get this thing and how we're gonna get it is this isn't this and like all of this stuff and that comes from a genuine heart of service because not everybody is a process person like me a lot of people hate processes I totally get it and so that's my area of service I maybe can't help you pick out the colors of your website (laughs) because I'm looking terrible at that but I can help you make other things yes it's, it's recognizing and sitting in and basking in your power um, and not power in a dominance way powers in like, how are you just going to accelerate somebody else in whatever area your business is yeah. getting out of debt or mm. leaving their job and moving their business, losing weight, like yeah. all those things. Yeah. That's how I am. Wow. So. Gets me excited hearing you talk. It's really done. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Number six, your business, your business mentor is. It doesn't have to be your coach. It could be anyone. Go ahead. Marcus Lemonis. I actually. Oh, I don't know who that person is. Do you know who Marcus Lemonis is? No, no, no. So I'm actually wearing a shirt. Of, it says I'm 100% in charge. That is his like thing. That's like his. So it's funny that I actually wore the shirt. Um, he. Uh, has a show on CNBC called The Prophet. And ah, okay, okay. Have you heard? Of, have you seen it? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. Oh, girl, it's so good. So he definitely is a very much service oriented person. Like he's he, you know, dishes out like bajillions of dollars to invest in people's companies. But he, you can tell how people oriented he is. He genuinely cares about their business, not because he wants to make money that's, you know, a thing, but he's just very like, he'll, he'll go the emotional route with you. But also if he finds out you're manipulating him, like he's going to get at you and be like, listen, bro, I came in heart full. I took this handshake seriously. Yeah. And if you cross me, that's a problem. I'll give you another try. Sometimes they cross him again. And he's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. And it's like, you respect him because there are those boundaries. And he's yeah. Very, 
aware and both parties are aware of the expectations, but he also is very forgiving when he needs to be, but he all he's forgiving, but also stands up for himself. Yeah, no, I understand. It sounds like he's very compassionate, but he has boundaries, right? There's limits. Yes. Right. Yes. Because we don't want to be doormats. Yeah. No doormats. None. None. I like it. Last one. Yeah. Rapid fire question. Number seven. What's been Jordan's greatest success moment so far? And I want you to do all pomp and circumstance with this. Like, go ahead and tell us what it was. (laughs) Wow. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, throughout my business, I think the biggest, like, success I feel like was just that transition that I had to take from monthly retainers into intense, very scary. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, some months delay, Mm -hmm. but like it is beyond what, I mean, talk about exceeding expectations. You know, I just was like, Oh, you know, I'll just be okay. If we're chugging along, like I'll totally be okay. And then it's just like, I'm meeting people. They're wanting to do these intensives. Like, and that feels like success to me, not necessarily because of numbers or anything like that, but just realizing that I've done something differently and people like really want it Um, because you can literally decide like, Hey, I'm going to do this, this, this way. And nobody wants it. And then that feels really crappy. So to then like success to me is when I am, serving people in the way that I know I can serve best. And they're saying, yes, that's what I want. Like that feels like success to me. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for approaching this podcast with just like I asked vulnerability, you know, allowing us into your sort of behind the music, your world, your frame of mind and appreciating your giftings, what you bring to the table. I, I just love everything about you right now. And I'm going to like probably buy some more stuff from your site if you have any more products. But before we go, where can people reach you? Where can people find your podcast? Where can people sort of investigate more about who you are and maybe possibly become a client? Yes, absolutely. So Website is www.thecoladagroup.com. That's T H E K O L A D A group.com. And we're on Instagram, The Colada Group, Facebook, The Colada Group. I have a Facebook um, group that is um, big and bold back ends. So if you oh, think wow. it's facebook.com slash groups slash big and bold backends. Mm-hmm. And that's just where I share like random findings because I'm just a naturally curious person. I'm like, Ooh, I found this new efficiency hack that for my client. And now I'm going to share with you or wow. oh, like I'm I just did join. this with my team and I'm just going to share a quick video about it. And uh, so it's a really fun place in there. It's, it's probably my most unsystematized system <laughs> in my business <laughs> um, because it's just, it's really more of just like inspiration from me. And then from the people in the group, I want other people to be sharing, Oh, like I just did this efficiency hack and it helped save me a couple hours this week or help save a couple dollars or whatever else. Um, so that's the kind of place for that. Um, and if you want to just hear more about my intensives, 
Uh, you can reach out to hello at thequadagroup.com and myself or my team will be saying hi back and you can talk to, it'll be either me or it'll be my girl, Erin, who's like total rock star. And yeah, those are all the places. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much again. We appreciate yeah, your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was so, so, so much fun. Yeah. That's all for now, friends. If you'd like to get updates on new episodes, articles, products, and coaching services to help you make quantum leaps and personal change, sign up for our newsletter at sheventuresnow.com slash updates.